Welcome to the Middle East Update with Amir Sarfati. Amir discusses the latest news from Israel and the region through the lens of biblical prophecy. The original video versions can be found on Behold Israel's YouTube and Facebook channels. To make it convenient, we've converted them to audio format to keep up with your busy schedule. Be sure to also subscribe to Amir Sarfati on Telegram for daily updates from the Middle East. Amir's Middle East updates are based on the latest and most reliable sources, so you know you're getting the most accurate news. Now, on to the update. Shalom and good evening from Galilee, from Israel. I'm Amir Tzalfati. I'm here from uh, our office here. And uh, this is a very special, uh, it it's, can be called Middle East update, but it's a uh, Way beyond that, it's a an a special a special update about the uh, hook in the jaw of Russia. We're going to talk about what is going on right now in the Ukraine. We're going to talk about why Vladimir Putin, to begin with, invaded into Ukraine. We are going to deal with winds of change in the Middle East and uh, try to analyze what is behind it. And we're definitely going to tie everything to what the scriptures are talking about when it comes to the prophet Ezekiel and others. So uh, let's start with a prayer and dive straight into this super important update. Father, I thank you so much that you are the, uh, the author uh, and uh, of, of everything. You are the, the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega, the Aleph and the Tav. The uh, uh, and, and, and you are the one that is in full control. And Father, we understand that you are allowing things to happen. You know man's heart. You know how people think, what they want to do. Sometimes you just allow things to happen and they just bring you glory eventually. And Father, in the midst of all that is going on around the world today, we desperately need to see you through your word and your promises and your spirit, we want uh, that uh, you will bless this hour right now, that we can understand the times and the seasons in which we live. Father, there's so many people that are burdened right now with anxiety and with fear and with terror. And, and we ask that you, uh, who uh, did not destine us to fear, uh, you did not give us the spirit of fear. We ask that you will help us to see through all of this, that love and power and sound mind. We thank you and we bless you in the name of the Holy One of Israel, Yeshua Mashiach, we pray. Amen. Amen. So again, Shalom, everyone. This is Amir Tzalfati. I'm live from Galilee, from Israel. There is a, a big, very loaded plate today to deal with uh, stuff that uh, some of it just happened. Most of it happened in the last few days uh, and few weeks. We're entering into the 15th day of the Ukraine war. This is the third. We're entering into the third week. Who would imagine that uh, we would be that long into it? And it doesn't look like it's going to end very soon. Um, but I do have tons of updates for you. And we are going to try and understand a lot of things. But before we start with Ukraine, allow me to uh, tell you that uh, the congratulations to uh, uh, the next leader of ISIS. Remember, uh, Abu Ibrahim al-Hashemi al, al Quraishi was killed by U.S. forces 
uh, a month and a half ago. And now there is a new one called Abu al-Hassan al-Hashimi al-Qureshi. Uh, they just announced it. So he's probably the next one that is going to find out that there are no 272 virgins. There are no 72 virgins waiting for him. Uh, you know, it's I guess it's humor that I shouldn't use, but I guess this is something that uh, they're asking for. Uh, so that's as far as ISIS is con uh, concerned. Earlier today, U.S. Congress and uh, the, uh, approved a $1 billion aid to Israel for Iron Dome. And this is exactly why Israel has to be very, very, very careful in the way it is crafting its response to the Ukraine war. On one hand, we are allies of the United States and we're heavily supported uh, by America in the diplomatic world and also in the uh, defense um, uh, in the defense systems that we have. Um, the Iron Dome is an Israeli innovation but was funded from day one by the United States and therefore for us not only to continue and develop it and make it better, but also to arm ourselves with new uh, uh, rockets and new systems. We, we, we need that. And uh, the U.S. Congress just approved that which um, was promised to Israel earlier um, uh, or later last year and earlier this year. So this is this is the, the, the last uh, few hours. Um, but now I would like to uh, inform you that three days ago, Israel striked uh, the suburbs of Damascus. Now, why is it so different than other strikes? First of all, following the visit of Naftali Bennett, the Israeli prime minister, to Vladimir Putin on Saturday, most likely the Russians were very impressed with the Israeli effort to mediate this whole situation. Now, make no mistake, the Russians don't want to feel ousted by the whole world. The fact that a, an Israeli prime minister is flying on Shabbat all the way to Moscow uh, probably helped the image uh, of uh, Putin as someone who is not completely isolated. Uh, just so you know, uh, apparently there were some understandings with the Russians that Israel must operate using its air, air force, not just from surface-to-surface uh, -surface missiles. Because if you remember, up until a few days ago, the tension with the Russians in Syria did not allow us to operate from the air. And therefore, the last few times Israel strike, it was surface-to-surface -surface missiles. For the first time since, uh, you know, uh, Bennett visited Putin, um, Israel sent F-16s to the Lebanese airspace, and we uh, and we sent uh, quite a few rockets from those F-16s, and we destroyed apparently something big. Now, how do I know it's something big? You know that it's big when you hear that senior officers from the Iranian Revolutionary Guard Corps died, and in their funeral. In Iran, the top leaders of the Revolutionary Guards attended and, of course, uh, vowed to revenge, to revenge their death. Uh, look at this picture from the funeral. These are pictures uh, uh, from the funerals of these people. Uh, the top 
leadership of the Iranian Revolutionary Guard came to visit the families of these uh, uh, two officers. Now, what in the world two senior Iranian officers are doing in the suburbs of Damascus? Well, uh, I, we do have the answer for it. Apparently, Israel got the intelligence that there is an underground facility where the uh, Iranians are working on weapon precision uh, project, taking dumb missiles and attaching to them GPS, advanced GPS systems that will make them very, very precise. And uh, it, uh, it, these are pro-Iranian militias. They are not Iranians that are working on it. They do the hard work, but their supervisors are those two Iranian officers and they were killed. And so um, this is a top thing. Now, make no mistake, throughout the last two weeks, ever since the war in Ukraine started, airplanes of the Iranian Revolutionary Guard continue to land in Damascus airport, unloading rockets and weapons and defense systems and UAVs and all of that. Israel is having its eyes all open. And I've you know, I can, we can talk about Ukraine forever, but the eyes of all the believers should be fixed on Damascus. As I always, always said, it's Damascus's destruction that will lead to Ezekiel war and to eventually um, that which will bring false peace to the Middle East. And so I'm just saying Damascus is still being watched by the Israelis. A strike in, on, on the suburbs of Damascus was uh, there three days ago, very important one. As you can see, it wasn't really an innocent place that was attacked. Now, it's very interesting for the first time, it's the Russian defense ministry that actually acknowledged that two F-16s were flying uh, and, and, and the Russians said the following thing. The Russians said the Israeli F-16s released eight rockets of which seven were thwarted, were gunned down and one hit a civilian building. Now, if only one Israeli rocket hit only a civilian building, how come two top Iranian officers in the Iranian Revolutionary Guard died? So you see that the Russians are lying, the Iranians are lying, the Syrians are lying, and Israel has to do what Israel has to do, and this is exactly it. Now, the topic of today's um, 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 update is, of course, the, the hook in the jaw. And we'll touch that in a, in a few minutes. But I want you to know, and I want you to remember that, and I want you to almost chant it. Um, it's all about interests. Uh, and, um, and guess what happened in the last few days? And I'm, uh, there are some winds of change in the Middle East. And those winds of change in the Middle East are winds of change of interests. Uh, when the interests of certain countries are to, uh, you know, to do something, then suddenly they can change their mind about Israel. Uh, we'll start with the fact that the Saudi crown prince said yesterday, uh, two days ago, excuse me, Israel is an, a potential ally. It's not an enemy. Ladies and gentlemen, Israel is a potential ally. I don't want to go beyond uh, what I am allowed to say, but Israel is not just a potential ally. Israel is already an ally of uh, uh, Saudi Arabia, and the Saudis know that. But he had to say that in order to appease the Palestinians. 
The second thing I want you to see is the fact that um, Israeli, um, the Israeli uh, chief of staff, Lieutenant General Aviv Kohavi, the top Israeli commander of the military, is visiting Bahrain right now. Look, this is the the head of Israel's army visiting an Arab Muslim country. And I'm uh, sorry, and, and then on the far end, on the right, you can clearly see Israel um, foreign minister visiting the Jordanian king today. Uh, and if that's not enough, to top all of that, Israeli President Itzhak Herzog visited yesterday, guess who? Recep Tayyip Erdogan. Take a look at this picture. Um, Erdogan doesn't look like he's too happy. Um, and Herzog doesn't look like he is too happy. But let me tell you something. It is Erdogan who invited Herzog. Why, you may ask. Wow, how come Erdogan, who called Israel Nazis, and who, 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 who said the most horrific anti-Semitic things I've ever heard, how come Erdogan change its spots, his spots? Can a leopard change his spots? Okay, well, let me tell you something. Erdogan's is in a big problem right now. His economy is in a huge problem, and he's may, he may not be able to win the next elections if he's not making things better and right. And he understands there's a rising power in the Middle East, and it's not anyone else but Israel. And he wants to in light of the Abraham Accord, Israel is now the country that everyone wants to be friends of. Erdogan also wants to be the go-to person when it comes to, uh, you know, ha having Turkey mediating between countries and in situations. And therefore, I want you to know, in order to, in order to um, somehow improve his own image, his own economy, his own situation, he recalculated recalibrated and invited Israeli president and uh, and guess what uh, and he said the Erdogan says Israel ties are vital for regional stability in meet and that's what he says when when he met with Jewish leaders so now you understand folks um, there's something going on in the Middle East and you're probably asking yourself Amir I thought you always said that Turkey will come against Israel. I sure did, and I sure am still saying that. But at the present moment, what serves the interest of the Turks is actually being on our side and not against us. They have enough problems on their plate. And you're probably asking me, so when will Turkey come against Israel? When the moment comes and Russia will change its mind about Israel, Turkey will join it. Remember, it is not Turkey and Iran that initiate the attack on Israel, according to the scriptures. It is Rosh. It is Russia. And they will join. And so be patient here, because it is, it is going to happen. The Bible says it's going to happen. But at the moment, Russia is still ally of Israel. Turkey wants to be ally of Israel. Iran is Iran. Iran never wants to be. Ever since 1979, Iran is not interested in having anything to do with Israel, as you can clearly see. And so um, this is it. Now, let me tell you another thing. The Iran deal uh, that America is eagerly 
working on right now. Listen to me now. It's very important that you understand it, okay? America is about to strike a deal with Iran that is 10 times worse than the one before. Everyone knows that. Congress knows that because there's, there's way a majority in Congress that is against it. Senator Cruz said that Senate will not approve it. But you know, the president has his own way of bypassing if he wants to sign the deal. But I want you to understand something, something that happened in the last few days, something very surprising, something quite fascinating that happened. It is probably one of the good things that came out of the Ukraine war, if anything good can come out of it. Watch this. The biggest power that pushed for the Iran deal was Russia. Why? Because Russia wanted to enjoy the, the billions of dollars that are now being given or, being, or, or going to flow into Iran. All the assets, all the billions that are frozen in different accounts all around the world will be uh, released and Iran will be able to revive its economy. And Russia wanted a stake in these, all of these billions. And guess what happened? Russia, who pushed for this deal for months, Russia, Russia is now against it. You probably ask yourself, what? And I'm saying, yes, listen to this. Russia now has more sanctions on it than Iran, than Venezuela, and than North Korea. The Russians right now are in a, in a way more dire situation right now than the other three countries I just mentioned. And the Russians are saying to themselves, why should Iran get all the billions and other countries will enjoy it when we were the ones who facilitated this whole thing to begin with? So Russia wants a written declaration from the United States that all the sanctions that are being imposed on Russia right now will not include its dealing with Iran. <laughs> now, basically, they're saying, hey, you can punish us for whatever, but when it comes to Iran, you have to allow us to do business with them. Well, of course, Antony Blinken, the Secretary of State, uh, said, of course not. And this is when the Russians says, if that's the case, then we are not going to uh, support this. The Iranians were shocked. I, uh, the Iranians, <laughs> they had the Russians on their side for the whole time. And suddenly at the money time, the Russians bailed. The Iranian uh, Ali Bakari, the head of the delegation, flew back to Tehran. And then he's back now in Vienna. And uh, who knows, but there could be a situation where Russia will oppose it, yet America will run for it. Make no mistake, America is about to lift up sanctions from Iran and from, from Venezuela in order to buy from Venezuela oil in order to boycott Russia. Think about it. I'm saying it again. America is about to lift up the sanctions from the Iranian Revolutionary Guard, from Iran, and from Venezuela. You, you heard me right. And the Russians are saying, wait a minute. How can you sanction us 
and you lift up sanctions from those other countries. Okay, what's the story? Either you sanction or you don't sanction. Why is now all of so the Russians are looking at it and they're saying it's 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 not about Ukraine. This is your chance to get back. This is your chance to attack and and try to completely destroy Russia. This is how the Russians are, feel right now. Make no mistake, they feel that they're with their back to the wall and that this is a personal vendetta of the US president against the Russians. And, and again, I'm, I'm not on the Russian side, not at all. I'm just telling you how it feels with the Russians right now. The Russians are, they haven't even started the tricks that they can, uh, they can do. Now, let me now explain another thing. Christians, whenever they hear the word new world order, boom, they immediately lose it. They think, this is it, this is it. And so when a parliament member of Ukraine said, hey, um, we are going to fight because we want to belong to Europe, to all the democracies there, and to continue the new world order, everybody started saying, hey, this is it. You see, this war, this, this, this war is justified because Ukraine is all about new world order, folks. When they say new world order, they don't necessarily understand what you understand. For them, it's a phrase of something better for them. Why do I know that? Because China just said the same thing. The Chinese foreign minister, take a look at what he just said. I don't know. Uh, we'll run a video and show you. Um, to revive the Cold War mindset or provoke ideology-based confrontation and stand for greater democracy in international relations as well as the purposes and principles of the UN Charter. The China-Russia relationship is grounded in a clear logic of history and driven by strong internal dynamics, and the friendship between Chinese and Russian peoples is rock solid. There is a bright prospect for cooperation between the two sides. No matter how precarious and challenging the international situation may be, China and Russia will maintain strategic focus and steadily advance our comprehensive strategic partnership of coordination for a new era. Thank you. Okay, he said for a new era. That's what he said. The same foreign minister of, 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 of Iran, of uh, China, a year ago, March 2021, look what he said. I, I, have a, I can show it to you. Uh, he said, China wants to lead a new world order. He said yesterday, new era. He said a year ago, new world order. And to add to this, let me show you another picture of, of another world leader of a huge country, of probably the most populated country in the world, and that is Narendra Modi. And he's the, uh, the leader, the prime minister of India. And he is part of this new triangle of what they think is the post-American era and a new era where there's some other powers that are going to take over. Now, so not everything, not all the time, when someone is using the term new world order, it's the globalist, okay? You have to be very careful. The globalists have their own agenda, yes. And they their new world order 
is different than when the Chinese said New World Order, when the Russians said New World Order, and when the Indians said New World Order. You understand? For then the old order is when America is the main superpower. The new one for them is that it's no longer America. Now it's other rising powers such as China, India, and of course Russia wants to. And by the way, uh, believe it or not, but Russia opened a core humanitarian corridor from Kharkiv and from other, other university cities, especially to allow Indian students, in, uh, upon the request of Pr Prime Minister Modi, to allow the Indian students to run out. So God forbid Russia will hit Indian students and get in trouble with India. You understand they need to sell India weapons and all of that. So, so you understand, folks, that at this point, NATO, EU, and American sanctions are nice, but uh, China and India are still not convinced that Russia should be completely ousted. So for them, a new world order is different than from, for you know, other people. So I'm begging you, do not immediately jump when you hear New World Order and think, okay, it's the Antichrist, the globalists, all of that. No, everyone has his own interpretation of it. And in this case, what they mean is that we are looking for a new era where it's China leading with Russia and it's not going to be America anymore. Make sure you understand that, okay? Now, let's move to the situation in Ukraine right now. It's very important that uh, you understand. First of all, I want to show you something very interesting, an incident uh, that took place um, earlier, I think three days ago, an incident that took place um, in uh, the Black Sea. Uh, I want to show you this, uh, uh, this boat. This boat is called uh, Vasily Bikov. Vasily Bikov. Now, this boat has just been commissioned two years ago, two and a half years ago. It's brand new. This boat was lured by the Ukrainians deep into the sea by small Ukrainian boats. And when it reached a certain point, Ukrainian dumb rockets, grad rockets, they're not sophisticated. They're very, they're very uh, low grade and not precise. Those grad rockets destroyed it. So, Old tech one, high tech, uh, or low tech one, high tech zero, basically. This is one of the small victories of the Ukrainians in this terrible war. Now, let me tell you something. There's uh, quite a few people that forward to me junk and garbage as if there is no war in Ukraine. It's all illusion. It's all psychological thing. They want you to think there is a war, but there is no war. Folks, wake up. There is a war. Ru uh, Ukrainian cities becoming a heap of ruins. Civilians are being targeted. They're being killed. Look at this, uh, the way things look like right now. Um, and, and, and it's terrible. Look at this shopping mall. This shopping mall costed over... $100 million, it was just open a year and a half ago in Kharkiv. Look what it looks like right now. This is just one shopping mall. Uh, according to 
the British Defense Ministry, the Russians admit, take a look at this. This is a tweet from the British Defense Ministry. The Russian admits that they're using vacuum, uh, it's called thermo, thermobaric rockets, and that's creating incendiary uh, uh, and, and blast effects. These are killing so many people, and it's probably the closest thing to nuclear without being nuclear. And I'm talking about horrific things. Yesterday in Mariupol, children's hospital, where, where children come to the world. I mean, literally pregnant women. It was targeted by rockets, by shelling of rockets. Women were brought out of the rubble over there. And it's horrific. Just from that incident alone, maybe 50 people died at least. And uh, you can see the headlines on all the, 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 this is not a game. This is a real war. Okay, now, now hear me out. I know you're not going to like it. Some of you are probably going to uh, stop watching it right now. They're going to think that I'm collaborating with uh, some, uh, I don't know, some uh, new age people, but listen to me right now, okay? I've been watching this for quite a long time. The Russians have the most advanced propaganda machine on planet Earth, way bigger than any country in the world, bigger than the, the Chinese and bigger than the Americans, bigger than any country. The Russians for many, many years are using bots online to sow disinformation and therefore to create some agenda that is not necessarily true. Now we're coming to the point where so many of you believe that America is having bio labs in Ukraine. All of you are convinced America has it. But guess who convinced you that America has it? It's the Russians. Now the Russians started these fake news long ago, but recently, and by the way, in none, in none of the papers that the Russians submitted to NATO and America prior to the invasion, those biolabs were even mentioned, N nowhere. In other words, biolabs were never mentioned by the Russians on official papers, but they were always mentioned in those uh, disinformation bots that were sowing disinformation. Watch this, watch this. When the Russians saw that it is fruitful, that tons of people believe that, and they start staying away from the Ukrainians because of that, and there's, there's, they start understanding the Russians, then Lavrov, the foreign minister, came and spoke and said, we found labs, we found this, we found that, convincing um, the whole world that uh, this is one of the reasons we are attacking, although they never mentioned that. Now watch this. America has to immediately put this announcement, take, it, take a look at this announcement. Now, the US is in full compliance with the, this is an American thing. I didn't put it, America put it, obligation under the Biological Weapon Convention and does not develop or possess chemical and biological weapon anywhere. Now, you're probably going to say, Amir, but this is a lie because they developed it in Wuhan in China and yes, in Wuhan, in China, it was not a military 
or CIA operation. It was a U.S.-Chinese uh, collaboration when it comes to research centers. Now, let me make it very clear. Maybe there are labs. I'm not saying they're not. But this is not why this war is going on, okay? Now, watch what's going on right now. Take a look. America is afraid that Vladimir Putin is going to use this right now. This is a new thing right now. There's blabs all over, okay? And look at this. America is afraid that when he's going to reach Kiev, and he is going to reach Kiev within days because he's almost there. He's already in the suburbs. He's going to use biological or uh, chemical weapon after he spreading this preposterous propaganda that the U.S. is building bioweapons in the Ukraine. The White House warns Russia could use claims to justify terrifying escalation after barbaric hospital bombing. Now, make no mistake, look at me right now. I am not saying that there are no labs or there are labs. I am just saying that the Russians enjoy seeing that this becomes an issue and they will use it as always, they always do. They will use it to manipulate, to sow disinformation and to somehow suddenly create this as one of the reasons for the war. But remember, it has never been on any paper of any demands of any Russian uh, official stand before that. It becomes now an issue when they see that it is getting some popularity among people. You have to be very, very careful because what's happening right now is this. The whole world is watching literally a massacre of the Ukrainians and the world is not doing much. Look at this artwork that the Ukrainians released on their need for a no-fly zone uh, above them. Take a look at this. It says, close the sky over Ukraine. Close the sky over Ukraine. They're pleading, they're asking, they're begging. And let me explain why they're begging. On the ground, Russia is not making great progress for many different reasons, various reasons. They've got a problem with the chain of supply. They've got problem with soldiers that they, ne they were never told they're going to war. Th these are young soldiers that their moms were told that they're going to a military exercise in Belarus. The moms didn't know that they're sending their kids to war. And suddenly they're on a, in a war. Uh, so many of them abandoned their weapons, their, uh, uh, their uh, uh, you know, uh, whatever, tanks, whatever. Also, Vladimir Putin did not take in consideration the fact that even in the Russian-speaking areas in Ukraine, the Ukrainians do not help the Russians. They're actually taking the, the side of the, you know, Ukrainians. They are Ukrainians. And so on the ground, Putin has a lot of problems. And so it is obvious to everyone that the blitz from the air is coming because this is the only way for him to be able to then roll the tanks and complete the takeover. Now, watch this. Ukraine is not a member of NATO. Ukraine is not a member of the EU. 
And so the EU as a European Union or NATO as the North Atlantic Alliance cannot fight for them. They're afraid that if they will send their jets to the air to uh, enforce the no-fly zone, Russia will start World War III because Russia already announced any foreign entity that will engage in a war with us, we will consider them as a hostile nation. So NATO says we're not sending troops, we're not sending jets, we're not sending anything. America said to Poland, don't give them jets. I mean, the Polish said, we'll give them all of our, we'll give the, because the Ukrainian pilots, they don't know how to fly F-16s or F-15s. They only know how to fly MiGs and Suhoi's. They, they only had Russian planes. So Poland suggested, why don't you take our Russian planes and we will get from America American planes. Well, America said no to it. So basically, everybody is feeding Ukraine with ammunition, with humanitarian aid, but no one stops the bombing from the air. And the bombing from the air is what is destroying those cities. Now, Ukraine has almost lost all of its air force. So right now, the only thing left for the Ukrainians is little, small, UAVs that they bought from Turkey. They do a good job, but it can never replace a real good air force. The Ukrainian president is begging, please fight for us in the skies of Ukraine because we have no more jets and we can't defend ourselves from the air. The world is watching them and the world is not helping them. And this is why we see things like what happening? Look at what the Daily Express says: the ultimate in depravity. Look at uh, um, and look at more. Uh, you know, see more. Look, look. There's a family, family that left their house with with suitcases. I want you to see this uh, mother and and two children. They left with their houses, uh, um, with a suitcase, and a tank shell hit them. Uh, right next to them and they were killed on the spot. Take a look, there's, you can see the two teenagers and the mother and one of the dogs died and the other dog lost his leg. And look at them, beautiful family, did what they were told to do, to leave. And uh, there's another, uh, another video, I don't wanna show you horrible pictures, but an elderly couple that was driving, fleeing and a tank shell hit the car, literally hit the car. And there is a horrible footage there. I mean, I hardly slept at night after I saw it. No, so I, I need you to understand that there's a real war going on. And this war is not going to stop. Because the only two options for this war to stop is this. Either Ukraine surrenders, and I don't think they're going to. Ukrainians are. Or Russia surrenders, and I don't think it's going to happen. Russia cannot afford surrendering at this point. Otherwise, uh, you know, why did we even start all of this? Ukraine cannot surrender because if Ukraine will surrender right now, why did they not surrender for, to begin with and spared all? I mean, major cities are almost gone in the Ukraine. So I'm not sure how it's going to end, but I, I know one thing. Either it's going to turn into a world war or Ukraine will be wiped out. I mean, these are terrible options, but um, I'm just telling you, this is it. Now, in the midst of all of this, 
the world is watching a, a leader, the leader of the Ukraine, someone who, who started in a, in a, in a, in a comedy uh, uh, on, on, you know, uh, acting as if he's the president of the Ukraine. And he turned, you know, and he won the election in 2019 and vast majority. And, uh, and uh, the world is watching a new type of leader. And uh, take a look at the uh, British Parliament. For the first time in the history of the UK, a foreign leader gave a speech in the main hall of the British Parliament. Of course, it was a video uh, speech, but nevertheless, never, ever happened before. That picture, yes, you can look at that picture right now and see for yourself. Uh, he was on the two screens and everybody were there. And look what he says. Brit, uh, he is talking about, uh, look at the other newspapers, how they quote him. Um, how, uh, and, and again, they get no jets, I'm sorry to say, and they're being left all. Now, now why am I saying all of this? Look, he says, we'll fight in, for in forests, fields, and on the shores. That's what he says. Again, look, everybody stood. They all clapped. New type of leader. Now, listen to me. Look at me right now and watch this. This is Zelensky. He's a Jewish comedian. He is not close to be worshipped by the world. But he is a, a type of someone that the world is looking at and, and somehow saying, oh, wow. And so the, the strict British rule allowed someone like him to for the first time in history, to, to give a speech in the main hall of the parliament in, 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 uh, in uh, Westminster. The whole world. Now, this is, this is just to show you that the world is hungry and thirsty for a different leadership. And when the time comes, a completely different one is going to come up a satanic, diabolic one whom the world will worship, not just admire, like in this case, but worship. Worship, it's a different story. But that's going to happen after the war is going to have a terrible, ter the world is going to have a terrible war in the Middle East. Now, now let's talk about what led Putin to this whole invasion. I, I need you to understand wars don't start out of the blue. And wars don't end up hours after they start. So don't expect this war to, to end up tomorrow. But you have to understand it all going back. It's going, I'm going back right now. Let's go back on a journey to 2004 when the Ukrainians, for the first time since they split from the Soviet Union, the Ukrainians said no to the pro-Russian candidate, and yes, for someone else. And Viktor uh, Yushchenko, um, Viktor Yushchenko is the one who became the president in, 20, in 2004. Um, and next to him was a beautiful girl called Yulia Timoshenko. She was the prime minister of that time. And those two symbolized the spirit of change in, in Ukraine. This is when the Russians realized something is wrong. But at that time in 2004, Putin was only four years president. He didn't have the, 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 
the legitimacy to, to do anything militarily. And, and, and look what he did. At that time, Russia did what Russia can, you know, uh, do in a very legal and, you know, uh, understandable way. Russia began to invest in their own candidate, Viktor Yanukovych. And Russia, con yes, that's the guy. And Russia caused uh, Viktor, Viktor uh, uh, Yushchenko, Russia caused him to think that Yulia might replace him. So get what Viktor uh, Yushchenko did. Viktor Yushchenko took um, um, Viktor Yanukovych and made him his prime minister. And this is how you see the picture of the two of them together. On the right hand is the president, on the left is the prime minister. And Russia invested money in PR and uh, American advisors to build um, um, uh, Yanukovych's image. And Yanukovych, believe it or not, eventually won the elections fair and square against Yulia Tymoshenko in 2010, and 3.5% he won. See, the Ukraine has always had this electoral balance of the pro-Russians and the anti-Russians, but, but it was not really pro-Russian. It was the Russians speaking on the East versus the Ukrainians speaking on the West, but it was the, the, the East that was more industrial, where all the oligarchs come from, and it's the West that was maybe more nationalist, but it was a little more poor and not, not calling the shots. Then came 20, uh, 2014 um, Euromaidan in, uh, uh, revolution. What happened is, uh, what happened is that uh, Victor, uh, Victor Yanukovych was ousted. He ran away. He ran away with his prime minister and some of his members to Russia. And this is when um, Russia immediately, first mistake, invaded into Crimea and, and took Crimea, invaded into Donbass and took over parts of Donbass, of Lugansk and uh, Donetsk. By taking those areas, Russia removed four and a half million Ukrainians from being part of Ukraine and from voting for the Ukrainians. So now, it, from 2014, if before it was more or less 50-50, four and a half millions of the pro-Russians are no longer voting. They're now Russians, for, so to speak. And now, of course, Ukraine the whole political uh, map tipped towards the nationalist in Ukraine. And now, if he thought that by taking Crimea and Lugansk and Donetsk part, if he thought that that's going to uh, help him, it escalated. It, 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 it energized the other people to start saying, ooh, we don't want to be part of Russia anymore. So we must learn Ukrainian. We must be more Ukrainian. We must, we must not be part of this. And this is why slowly, slowly, no longer the leading newspapers in Ukraine are in Russian. No longer TV shows are in Russian. 
And now, ladies and gentlemen, complete loss of control of Russia over the Ukraine. When America saw that in 2014, America immediately, I'm sorry I'm using this term, but you have to understand why I'm using it. America almost raped Ukraine because they saw a chance to take uh, a stake in one of the most amazing countries when it comes to uh, 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 infrastructures, uh, when it comes to uh, uh, you know uh, natural resources and, and 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 all of that, and ladies and gentlemen, America did not crawl into the Ukraine. America jumped on the Ukraine, and right before the eyes of of uh, of um, the Russian president, and in those two years of. 44th president in those two years from 2014 to 2016, American politicians, listen to me now, American politicians invested in stakes of the Ukrainian gas, Ukrainian oil, Ukrainian industry, and they were so invested in it that they became so corrupt now, that's just one aspect of it. The CIA was there. America started acting in Ukraine as if it's American soil. Vladimir Putin looked at it, and he waited for his moment. Then comes 45th president, and he realized how corrupt all of his predecessors when it comes to the Ukraine. So what is he doing? He is telling the president of Ukraine you must investigate. If you want us to help you, you must promise me that you investigate the corruption of my predecessors. What are the Democrats doing? They tried to impeach the 45th president for demanding the Ukrainian president to investigate. Do you see what I'm saying? And while all of this is happening, while good is called bad and bad is called good in America, all regarding the Ukraine, Vladimir Putin understands, I have to do something at some point. Now, he cannot do that under the 45th president because he understands this guy is not part of this swamp that is raping Ukraine. He is not invested in the Ukrainian gas and oil himself. He's not. So Putin knew his chances to do something during 45th are, are slim. He saw that he's a very strong uh, uh, on Iran and others. He's not going to, he's probably going to help Ukraine, literally, if it's going to be invaded. And so Putin waited, and then came the elections of 2020, and then January 2021 came, and then the horrific pullout of Afghanistan in August of 2021, and then, of course, came the Russian demand. When the Russians submitted their demands for NATO not to accept um, Ukraine and for NATO members that are on the Eastern blockade to evacuate all of the American forces and for all the American bases in Europe to evacuate all of their nuclear heads, when that came, it was playing in poker, you call it all in. Putin knew 
this is my only chance to 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 do that and this is my chance to to once and for all clean ukraine from what i believe is a danger to my own country do i by the way am i justifying putin absolutely not am i taking his side absolutely not but i want you to understand it's not bio lab or something it is everything that america did in ukraine it is everything nato did in the ukraine without having it as a member yet it's everything the eu did in the ukraine without having it a member yet and putin said if i wait for the ukraine to be a member of nato i will never be able to attack i'll never be able to clean all of this and this is exactly why he invaded ladies and gentlemen you have to understand that at this present moment it serves putin's interest to do that because there is no other time fit for that and he knew he is almost at the point where he can never do that and ukraine will be you know full with american nuclear warheads nato forces will be there with with nato air, uh, jets on the ground and nato force he doesn't want that and this is why he did it right now now comes the point where i'm talking about the the hook in the jaw all that happened in Ukraine brought Russia in. Russia is now completely ousted and completely boycotted by almost the whole world. Now, Europe wants to no longer rely on Russian gas and oil. America already said we're not going to buy from them gas and oil anymore. That's why. And I'm not sure why America is not reviving the uh, Keystone XL um, uh, pipe, but you and I know that, you know, only God knows how how come the most, you know, in I guess something that every child knows, how come a big part of the American political system doesn't get it? But watch this. I want you to see the alternatives that are now being created. Let's, let's stop for a second and look in the scriptures at what the Bible says in Ezekiel that is going to be the reason for the Ezekiel war. Thus says the Lord God, behold, I am against you. God says to Rosh, O Gog, the prince of Rosh, Meshach and Tuval, I am against you, he said. So, God is not on the favor of Russia when it comes to what Russia is doing. God says, I'm against you. I will turn you around, put hooks in your jaw, and lead you out with all your army, horsemen, horsemen, all of that. And look what he says. You are going to come to take plunder and to take booty and to stretch out your hand against the waste places that are again inhabited. And against the people gathered from the nations who have acquired livestock and goods and dwell in the midst of the land. Basically, the Bible says, the return of the Jews to the land and the wealth that they are now acquiring, you are going to come against it. This is a picture of Israel in its modern state. Now let's continue and read. Take a look at this one. Watch this. And then he says to it, Sheba. Dedan, the merchants of Tarshish, and all their young lions will say to you, have you come to take plunder? 
Have you gathered your army to take booty, to carry away silver and gold, and to take away livestock and goods, to take great plunder? You will come up against my people, the Bible says, like a cloud to cover the land. It will be in the latter days that I will bring you against my land so that the nations may know me when I am hallowed in you, O Gog, before their eyes. So what's going to happen is this. Right now, he's in Ukraine. The Ukraine war is pushing Russia to the wall. And everyone is recalculating their steps and they're trying to get other options to get energy. Now, let's look at these slides that I prepared for you. First of all, let's look at what we see when it comes to oil and when it comes to gas. Okay, take a look at this. Uh, Chevron, the CEO, just said that Israel should be the option um again uh let me let me see if i can find it there you go yeah chevron ceo says israel gas pipeline could supply europe amid crisis now this is just from three days ago two days ago ladies and gentlemen israel did not even say a word and we are already hearing words all around suggesting that israel is the answer to the lack of gas in Europe, if Europe will no longer buy it from Russia. Make no mistake, Russia's economy is one string instrument, gas, oil, and coal, it's energy. If you take that from them, they collapse. They can never allow that to happen. So now, suddenly Israel, now take a look, let's move on, there's more. Let's let's put the next, the next slide and, and see that Israel is now Look at this. Israel to boost gas supplies to Egypt by up to 50% this month. <laughs> but you're probably asking yourself, why would Egypt buy so much gas from Israel suddenly? It's because Egypt is going to take that gas and sell it to Europe. Egypt partners with Greece, Israel to boost gas export plans. So Israel doesn't even have to send it to Europe. Israel has to just boost up its flow of gas to Egypt. Egypt will do the rest. It, it's interesting. Egypt, the Egyptian uh, uh, president just met today with a Saudi one. Israel approves new route for gas exports to Egypt via Jordan also. Let's move to another one. Another one. You can see latest gas deal reflects warmer Israel-Egypt ties. Let's move to another one how Egypt benefits from gas agreement with Israel. Let's move to another one. Egypt, a future gas supplier to the European Union. By the way, this is from 2018 that they were asking that question. Make no mistake, if energy is the number one thing of Russia's economy, it is energy that is going to be what Russia would want to take from Israel. Russia doesn't need anything but what Russia, you know, is is experts in. If Russia wants to dominate uh, energy, uh, and and by doing that, to sub bring to submission uh, Europe. And finally, by the way, forty fifth president said that so many times. He said he warned the Germans, "Don't work on 
Nord Stream 2, because you are creating a greater dependence on, 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 on the Russian uh, gas and oil. Don't do that. Do you think they listened to him? No. The first thing the 46th president did is allowing the Germans to finish that deal. Stopping Keystone XL. Stopping using of fra uh, frack, uh, fracking and, and all of that. Creating, once again, dependency on Russian oil. And now even going and begging Venezuela to sell them oil. Unbelievable. You need to understand, folks, and it has to be clearly understood. There is a hook in the jaw of Roche, and it's all going to come towards Israel eventually. And when the Bible says it's coming like a dark cloud, to me, it looks like it's going to be, for the most part, from the air, like rockets or whatever it is. But even troops on the ground that may come from Syria, the Bible says that God will have earthquakes and, and brimstones coming and all of that. It's going to be a supernatural victory of God, not of Israel, on the mountains of Israel. Quite an amazing thing. So, you know, I just wanted you to understand all of this is happening uh, now. And if that's, if that's not enough, God continues to work. Throughout what is going on in Russia and Ukraine right now, there's some good news in the bad news. The good news in the bad news. I want you to see a video from early this morning in Ben Gurion Airport in Tel Aviv. Early this morning. I don't see the video. I'm sure. Uh, I hope you can, but I cannot see it. Anyway, the video shows. Russian Jews coming back to Israel. Two full flights of El Al brought them to Israel. Unprecedented number of Russian Jews are now asking to come to Israel. If all of them in 2021 uh, were 7,000, there's already 14,000 requests within two weeks. We're expecting up to 200,000 Russian and Ukrainian Jews returning back to the land. I'll show you a picture of 91-year-old. 91, 91 she left everything. She came to Israel, and uh, she was ex accepted by her grandchildren in Tel Aviv this morning. 91 years old from Kharkiv, uh, excuse me, from Odessa, and she made it to Israel today. Look. In the midst of all of this, God is still working. He's bringing the Jews back to their land. He is going to come and judge Gog, the leader of Rosh. He comes, he says, I have, I'm against you, he says. So if Putin is Gog and if he's the leader of Rosh, he does not enjoy the favor of God and so should not it shouldn't be the case for where Christians support this. I don't understand the idea. Now, I want to warn you. The last thing I want to say to you is a warning. And again, I'm going to say something that many of you will not like and maybe leave this channel forever. It's fine. But I want you to know. And I've watched that for the last few years now, especially during the elections in America. There is in America, but 
a, a movement known as QAnon. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a Russian operation, pure Russian operation, to convince that, you know, there is the good and the bad, and the good eventually will take over and defeat the bad, and everything is going to be great. But that's fine. Look, if somebody wants to believe that, it's great. But much of it is soaked, drenched with pure anti-Semitism. Let me show you a flyer that these people now are giving all around in many U.S. cities right now. Every single aspect of the Ukraine government is Jewish. Then they use this term, let's go, Brandon, and you know what I think about it. Every single aspect of the Biden administration is Jewish. They're trying to insinuate that this is all a Jewish plot, a Jewish uh, war that was cooked here, and Russia is actually the saint. This is Russian intelligence propaganda that is working well. And this is also something that serves wonderfully the globalists, the elite. You have to understand, and I may want to divert you to my message on the Illuminati and the one world government. Those wealthy industrial and banking families, they, they feed both sides of conflict all the time because conflict creates chaos, chaos serves their interest. And eventually, it's only through chaos that this new world leader is going to come. I also want to mention that what's going on in Ukraine today, we are watching a Syrianization of Ukraine. What do I mean, Syrianization of Ukraine? I mean that everything that we see in Syria today is being imported into the Ukraine. It's no longer necessarily countries. It's actually Groups, militias that are fighting each other. I saw a group of Azerbaijanis, Chechens, a group of Belarusians, and I saw a whole battalion that is made of foreigners from the West that are all coming to fight for the Ukrainians against the Russians. One of them, by the way, is a, one of the most decorated um, snipers uh, from Canada, if I'm not mistaken, I don't know. If, this is this is the guy. He is known to be one of the best snipers in the world. He is joining now the Ukraine to fight against Russia. R right now in the Ukraine, there's the Russian forces, the, the Ukrainian military, but there are new militias: the Georgian militia, the Belarusian militia, the Chechen militia, the the, the Azerbaijani militia the Western's militias. And what is going on in Ukraine right now is just exactly what we see in Syria. When so many different groups hopped on this conflict that started between Assad and the people and turned the country into a, um, a ruinous heap. And this is what we're watching right now. Another thing that we see that started lately, the Palestinians... On one hand, they want Russia, they support Russia, but on the other hand, they see how the world admires Ukraine. So look what they do. They Ukrainianize the Palestinian-Israeli conflict 
On one hand, they support Russia, as you can see. But on the other hand, look what they say, support Ukraine. And they show how in 2022 to throw a Molotov cocktail is a heroic thing. But they look at the Palestinian that is doing been doing that for 74 years and he's not hailed as a hero. I don't know what to say, but those people must wake up and smell the coffee because this whole thing of Palestinian is a fake invented thing. I want to urge you to watch my message on YouTube. If you if you don't know, we have a YouTube channel, Behold Israel. Subscribe and, and like and all of that. But one of the messages there is called the deception of the nations. Go and watch it because you're going to see that the name Palestine was actually given to us by the Roman Emperor Adrian in 135. And the Jewish people that moved to Israel actually called themselves Palestinians. The Arabs didn't. The, the Arabs call themselves Arabs. It's the Jews. Take a look at this poster from the 1920s. A poster from the 1920s. Help them build the Jewish future. You see the, the Israeli flag before Israel was built, was established. And look what it says. Support the United Palestine Appeal. You see, even in the attempt to build the nation, the state of Israel, we still use the word Palestine because Israel was not yet created in 1948. Only in May 14, 1948, we changed the name. And the minute we changed the name for Palestine to Israel, suddenly the Arabs adopted the name Palestinians. And now they've been Palestinians forever. And Palestine is a nation from for 3,000 years ago. This is just baloney. It's baloney. And they know it's baloney. Because you have to watch that message to understand what I'm talking about. So on one hand, we see the Syrianization of the conflict in Ukraine. But on the other, we, on the other hand, we see that the, the Palestinians don't wait to Ukrainianize the Palestinian-Israeli conflict in order to gain some support and some, um, I guess, some <clears throat> sympathy from the world. Look, the problem is that so many people don't understand the word of God and they don't understand how what we see today. And I'm not saying that to scare you, because for the believers, nothing that we see should scare us. For the believers, first of all, God did not give us the spirit of fear, but of power of love and power of sound mind. First of all, second, we all know that we're not destined to the wrath of God and the wrath of God is around the corner. We know that this world, what we see now, COVID, you see. You understand COVID is over and it's almost a joke right now compares to uh, maybe a third world war and a nuclear one that might happen. But I still want to tell you that even that is nothing compares to what the world is going to go through. This is why I feel that it's important that people study the book of Revelation to understand the magnitude of what this world is going to go through. And this is why I'm so happy that revealing revelation is, is by the way, we're, it's an industry record-breaking book because um, I, I'm not in, at liberty to tell you which, uh, which uh, department stores already uh, uh, ordered that, but uh, some of the biggest department stores that never, ever carried any Bible prophecy book, they ordered it now. Not only that we have the book, we have a workbook with it so you can study that and understand that this is 
important to me that every believer will have this book and read and understand the book of Revelation, of Revelation and stop misquoting and taking things out of context. Because once you understand God's plan for this world, you understand that the plan of God for this world and the plan of God for the believers are two different things. And you will stop being anxious and fearful, and you will have a burden to share the gospel as, as, as much as possible, because you know what is awaiting. And the reason why I'm asking people to pre-order it is only because all of those department stores and all of those bookstores that are secular, when they see that the numbers on Amazon are so big before the book even came out, they immediately take those books and want them in their stores as well. And so many non-believers are going to grab it and for the first time understand maybe what this world is going to go through. And if that's going to lead them to repent and to you know run to Christ, and, and it, this is all I want, okay? So I want to encourage you um, not to believe any deception, manipulation, and disinformation that is out there Stay focused on our mission to spread the gospel. Don't be into conspiracy theories. Much of what we see today is Russian propaganda that is at a very well-oiled machine. I, I saw a video of a reporter that is talking about the death, and you see that someone behind is is uh, th that body is of a, a living person and, and the russians are they want you to believe that the the ukrainians are faking it comes to find out that this whole this whole reporting is not from now it's from two years ago in vienna uh, and because the reporter had a mask you couldn't see that he's actually speaking german and not speaking english look they cook videos they want to poison your mind. Please be very, very careful, okay? So I, it was a very packed update. I know that, but I, I hope you can share it with as many people as possible. I would continue to report on what's going on. In the meantime, pray for what's going on there. It's horrific. Pray for the, for the Ukrainians to be able to live and not die in this whole terrible thing. And, and just Pray that people will open their eyes to understand the truth of the gospel, repent, and, and the, <laughs> this is the only hope of this world because everything else is going to go way worse than what we see right now. Let's uh, pray the ironic blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance towards you. And may the Lord give you peace, his shalom. There is no other peace, not by NATO, nor by the EU or America. There is only one peace that can come from the Prince of Peace, Yeshua Mashiach, who is the Lord of Peace. And he can give you peace now and forever, here and everywhere. It's a peace that surpasses all understanding. It's a peace that the world cannot give. And we pray that in his name. Amen. Follow us on Facebook, YouTube, Telegram, and Instagram. And um, I love you. God bless you. And Shalom from Galilee. Bye-bye. Join the Amir Sarfati and Behold Israel channel on Telegram. Here you will receive daily updates and audio messages from Amir. 
You can also take part in our community and reply with comments. Join the Amir Sarfari and Behold Israel channel on Telegram. Here you will receive daily updates and audio messages from Amir. You can also take part in our community and reply with comments. Getting started is easy. Simply download Telegram from the App Store, then visit the Behold Israel Telegram channel in your browser. From there, click Preview Channel, then click Join. That's it. See you on Telegram.